Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Hey guys, my name is Michaela and I am the kids leader here at Bright Church and it is such a privilege to be sharing with you today. I would just like to say a big thank you to Pastor Ben and Pastor Sarah and the leadership team for allowing me to have this opportunity. Here at Bright Church, we have such incredible leaders and I would just like to thank them for the way that they invest, the way that they lead and the way that they encourage each and every one of us. So thank you. Well, let me tell you a fact about me. I strongly, strongly dislike running. Running has always been an activity that I just don't enjoy. And it stems all the way back to when I was in primary school. And I think the real reason I don't like running is that whenever I ran, I always felt like everyone was looking at me. I felt like they were judging me. I felt like they were judging my style of running, the way that I ran, and most importantly, my speed. So I honestly tried to avoid running as often as I could. Well, when I was in year four, my entire year level went through this phase of being really obsessed with the game of Capture the Flag. I'm sure you've heard of it. You probably played it when you were at school. In Capture the Flag, there are two teams. Each team has a territory, and in that territory is a flag that they have to protect. And the objective of the game is to sneak into the other side, steal their flag, and bring it back without being captured. This is actually a really great game for people that don't like running because you can be involved in the strategic planning you can be competitive but if you choose to stay in your territory you're safe you don't have to run no one can capture you and this game just really suited my set of skills well one day we were playing capture the flag before school and unfortunately the majority of my team had been captured and before I had time to think I was traveling into the opposition's side with two of my teammates. We snuck along the fence line, we hid behind some trees, we got all the way to the flag. One of my team members picked it up and in that moment we were spotted and the opposition went crazy. They were yelling, they were screaming, it was like a stampede of people just running at me. And in that moment I thought, I'm not even going to try to run away. What is the point? I'm just going to stand here. I'm going to get captured. I'm going to let my teammates do the rest of the work. Well, they actually had a different plan to me. They gave me the flag. They knew that I didn't like running and they still gave it to me. And in that moment, I had to really give myself a pep talk. And I just said, Mick, you've got to run. It's not that hard, just run. And so I did. I ran as fast as I possibly could. My eyes were narrowed. I was focused. I knew where I was going. I knew what my direction was. However, I suddenly became very aware of everything that was happening around me. I could hear people yelling and cheering for me. And I could also hear people yelling, get her, get her. And I just became overwhelmed with panic. My eyes dropped from being up to looking down at the floor. I was looking to the sides. And in that split second of when I lost focus, I began to fumble. My feet came out from underneath me and I just fell headfirst into another child. 
And me and that child ended up with huge black bluish eggs on our forehead. We went to the first aid office and just like that, we were sent home before the day even began. This was one of those situations that people in my year level and my friends continued to bring up for weeks and months to come. And it really just confirmed my strong dislike for running. However, when I think back and I reflect on that incident, I realised that so much of it could have been avoided if I'd simply stayed focused on what was important. If I'd kept my eyes up. Eyes up. That's the title of my message today. Focus is such an important thing. I'm a primary school teacher and I talk about the word focus with my students all the time. But more important than just focus, it's what you're focused on, the object of your focus. Because whatever you choose to set your eyes on and to focus on, begins to control your mind. And whatever controls your mind and consumes your mind, begins to control your life because it has such a big impact on your actions. Before we get into the word, why don't you join me and let's pray together. Dear Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that is on every single page. And as we read this scripture today, I pray that our hearts are open and we're willing to hear your voice and seeds will be planted in our hearts and our minds that will continue to flourish for weeks to come. Amen. Well, today we are going to be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 31. This is the story of Peter walking on water. So let me give you a little bit of background. Earlier that day, Jesus and the disciples have just found out that John the Baptist has been beheaded. So in the book of Mark, we see Jesus suggest to the disciples that they should go off in their boat to find a quiet place where they can rest. However, when they arrive, there's a great crowd of people waiting for them. Jesus is filled with compassion. He begins to minister to them. He shares about God's love. And here we see the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. A little boy offers his lunch of two fish and five loaves of bread. Jesus blesses that, multiplies it, enough to feed everybody. And the disciples have just finished gathering the food that's left over. And that's where we pick up the story in verse 22. This is what it says. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. In verse 28, it says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Today, I'm going to zoom in and intently focus on verses 
30 and 31. This is an incredible account in the Bible about the importance of our gaze, about the importance of the position of our eyes. God has continually been bringing this scripture to my attention through this season that we find ourselves in. I don't know about you, but there have been days, even weeks where it felt, it has felt like I have been wading through a storm. And in that time, God has been both encouraging me and, ref- and challenging me to reflect on where my gaze has been and where I'm getting my strength from. We need to keep our eyes up and focused on Jesus. And that's the first of three points I'm going to share with you today. Three points that Jesus and God have been sharing with me. During this season that we find ourselves in, we need to keep our eyes firmly locked on one thing. And that one thing is Jesus. We need to get back to basics. It doesn't matter if you're a mature Christian who's been coming to church for years and years, or if you don't know Jesus yet. This message is for everyone. This is a reminder that we all need. Let's open our hearts together as we reflect on this scripture. I'm going to read verse 30 again. It says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. In the message version, it says, But when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve, and he started to sink. Peter shifted his focus. He shifted his eyes. He went from looking up at Jesus to looking down at the chaos and the waves beneath his feet. When Jesus had his eyes up on Jesus, upon Christ, upon his power, he was able to walk on water. In verse 29, it says, Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. But when his focus changed, when it moved to the waves, he started to sink because he was focused on the wrong thing. He let the wrong thing consume his mind. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, looking to Jesus, focusing on Jesus. In the Passion Translation, it says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus. Peter became so absorbed with the waves, with his surroundings, that fear and doubt crept in. Fear and doubt crept in. That same day, Peter had observed Jesus feed 5,000 plus people with the lunch of a little boy. Peter had observed Jesus walking on water. Peter himself had walked on water. Yet the chaos of his surroundings The chaos and the stress and the anxiety that he was feeling was enough to shift his focus. We're not immune from this. 
I mean, I don't know about you, but I haven't literally been in a physical boat in the middle of a body of water when it's been really windy with huge waves and decided to get out and try and walk on water. In fact, if you know me, then you know that I am terrified of waves. Being dunked by a wave is one of my biggest fears. Second only to dinosaurs because, well, the scene with the velociraptors in the kitchen in Jurassic Park is truly terrifying. But we are all going to encounter times when we feel like we are sinking. We might not literally be sinking in water, but we might feel like we are crumbling under the pressures of life. When you are in those situations, who do you turn to? I don't know what you and your family are currently experiencing or what you have already walked through in the past couple of months of this pandemic that we find ourselves in. You might have experienced job loss, sickness, financial challenges. The list goes on and on. Learning to do your job in a new way. I know for me as a primary school teacher, going from being in the classroom with kids to trying to teach them online, it was hard. Being separated from family and friends. There is no doubt that there is a storm around us, but who are you turning to? Just like Peter, we need to turn to Jesus and cry out for him. And that's the second point I'm going to make today. At the end of verse 30, it says, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. When we encounter problems, quite often, I know it's my response, quite often we can say, it's all good. I got this. I can figure this out on my own. I can do it in my own strength. In my first year of teaching, one day my class was watching a video and I looked over and one of my students had made his way under a table and he was resting his head on a chair. I don't know if you can picture school chairs, but they've got the part at the bottom which you sit on and then they've got the back and there's a gap between the part that rests on your back and the bottom and he had stuck his head right in between. It looked really uncomfortable to be honest. And I went over to check on him and to remind him about our expectations. I said, hey buddy, you really need to take your head out from there. It's not safe. You need to go and sit with your peers. And he looked at me and he nodded. And I thought, great, he's heard me. So off I went and I went to continue what I was doing. About five, 10 minutes later, I look back and he's still in the exact same position. He hasn't moved at all. So I went back to him and I said everything again. So it's unsafe for you to be under the table. You need to take your head out and go and sit with everyone else. But this time he had the blankest expression. There was nothing there. And it was in that moment when I really looked at how he was sitting, that I realised this poor child had his head stuck in this chair. And he'd been sitting there for 10 minutes and he hadn't said a thing. I can only imagine the rush of thoughts that entered his head when he realised he was stuck. I'm sure he was thinking, oh, I didn't listen to Miss Wynn. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm embarrassed. I'm going to figure this out on my own. When in reality, the best thing he could have done when he realised he was sick and stuck, sorry, he should have called out for help. He should have asked for help because by trying to do it on his own, he just prolonged the struggle. He extended the challenge. He extended the period of time when he was feeling anxious, worried and embarrassed. 
In the Bible, it says in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There will be times when we feel like we're stuck and we feel like we're sinking. This verse says there will be times, not there may or it's possible, but there will. It will happen, but what will your reaction be? Just like Peter, we need to turn to Jesus. As soon as Peter was sinking, his first reaction was to cry out for help from Jesus. He didn't try and swim back to the boat. He didn't call out to the other disciples and ask for a floaty ring. No, he knew who to turn to. Peter knew who to cry out to. So one, keep your eyes up and focused on Jesus. Two, turn to Jesus when you feel like you're sinking and cry out for help. And lastly, number three, Jesus will catch you. In verse 31, it says, Jesus immediately, immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him. In the message version, it says, Jesus didn't hesitate. Jesus didn't leave Peter to fend for himself because he'd shifted his focus, because he had doubt. No, Jesus immediately reached out his hand. Jesus will not abandon you in your storm. He's not going to leave you to navigate this season by yourself. Jesus isn't waiting on the shore and waiting for you to wade through the storm of isolation, wade through the storm of lockdown, of financial hardships, of anxiety, of worry, of depression. No, Jesus is in the storm with you, right beside you, reaching out his hand, ready to catch you. You might be listening today and you might not really know who Jesus is. Well, let me tell you this. Jesus died on the cross for you so that you could have a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father and have eternal life. That's how much Jesus loves you. So believe me when I say that you feel like you're sinking and you feel like you're crumbling under the pressures of this season that Jesus is right there and help is so close. It's so near. All you have to do is cry out. In Romans 10.8, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This verse tells us that there is power in crying out to God. There is power in confessing that Jesus is Lord and there is power in strong, passionate prayers. A strong, passionate prayer doesn't have to be long and full of complicated language. Peter's wasn't. Look at Peter. He was sinking in water in the midst of wind and waves and his reaction was a strong, passionate prayer of three words. Lord, save me. So Bright Church, what is your gaze focused on? Are your eyes up? In this season where we are surrounded by uncertainty, surrounded by change, trying to embrace this new normal, what are you focused on? Where are you getting your strength from? Where are you getting your rest from? 
when you feel like you're sinking, you feel overwhelmed, who are you turning to? Let's get back to basics. Let's remember to keep our eyes up and focused on Jesus. Let's remember to turn to him when we feel overwhelmed and cry out for his help and trust that he will catch us because he will. I encourage you to focus on Jesus, not the storm. Wherever you are, I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for walking with us through every season of life, whether it's our highs or our lows. We thank you that when we are in the storms of life and we feel like we're sinking, when we feel like we're crumbling under the pressures that we're feeling, whether it's sickness, financial challenges, isolation, being separated by our, from our family, I thank you that you're with us through it all. You're there with your hands stretched out, ready to catch us. I pray that as we continue to wade through this season that we're in, Lord, that we have the strength to keep our eyes focused on you. I pray that we know to always come back to you, that you are our strength, our foundation. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.